Formula One is back. Welcome to the You Thought Podcast. This is Jared doing a solo show on Formula One. I originally only wanted to discuss the race in a short story during our Wednesday episode, but the race gave me so many ideas that I felt like I wanted to do a full episode on it. Um, Before we start, if you enjoy our show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify, whichever you'd like. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can tweet at us at youthoughtmedia. It's all one word. And if I know that listeners enjoy this Formula One episode, I will definitely make sure to do more episodes on F1. I also want to give a little pitch on why you should listen to our show on Formula One and not other Formula One shows. I'll give you three reasons. One... I'm a new fan of the sport, which means I have fresh perspectives that conditioned F1s may not have, I think. Uh, Two, these F1 episodes will be catered to new fans, but the episodes will also have enough analysis for seasoned F1 fans, because I became a Formula One fan by watching the Netflix show Formula One Drive to Survive, and I want to create similar storylines, highlight characters just like the show did and expand on the information provided in that Netflix show. So I think if you watch the show, this you would particularly like this. Um, and I can hopefully provide a sort of community for the newer F1 fans. Three, I believe that my topics are a little more varied, hopefully, than typical F1 publications or video series. Sometimes news outlets, you know, tend to repeat themselves and the same stories. I'll be trying to avoid this. And with all that, let's get started. The 2020 Austrian Grand Prix was a super exciting race and a really great race for new fans of the sport because there was lots of passing. It was a great finish. Uh, The safety cars really helped make it a a more entertaining finish. Uh, One reason why you should watch Formula One is that races are short when compared to other sporting events. For example, this race finished in an hour and 30 minutes, which is shorter than most sporting events. There's no halftime breaks. There are no commercial breaks either. It just it's just nonstop. Very exciting. Um, some more F1 background too, in case you aren't aware. There's 10 teams with two drivers each, so there's a total of 20 drivers. There's two, there's two different championships. There's the driver championship, where basically the individual drivers gain points based on their finish in a race. The top 10 drivers that finish in a race get points on a sliding scale. Then there's the Constructors' Championship, which is basically the teams competing against each other. So Mercedes competing against Ferrari, against Red Bull, things like that. To determine the winner for that, they add the points of the team's two drivers, and the team with the most points wins. You may be wondering how coronavirus affects this season. They currently have seven more races in Europe scheduled over the next nine weeks. F1 still wants to have 15 to 18 races. Originally, they're supposed to be 22, but they're, they're trying to get the 15 to 18, which would be great. But in this first race of the season, clearly car technology was not quite ready for racing to resume. Unfortunately, many cars broke down and didn't finish the race. For example, both cars from Red Bull Racing and Haas did not finish the race. Even Mercedes, the top guns, had a supposed problem with their sensors but safety cars are deployed when there's wrecks or a car breaks down in the middle of the track. That requires all the drivers to slow down and you can't pass anymore. So it cuts the dis- the distance between all the other drivers. 
and basically encourages more competitive racing. So if there was not a safety car in this race, it wouldn't have been as competitive as it was at the end of the race. So that was kind of a good thing in some ways. Let's dig into um, one of the biggest storylines from from the race, which is probably the rivalry to watch this year, Red Bull versus Mercedes. For more context, Mercedes is the team to beat. Their top driver, Lewis Hamilton, has won the last three driver's championships, and Mercedes as a team has won the last six constructor, constructor's championships. And in this race uh, specifically, they probably, like I said, they probably would have won by 30 seconds if there's no safety, if there were no safety cars in the race. A lot of people are making, uh, are pointing out the fact that this was a replay of the Brazil 2019 race. This is So this is shown in the last episode of the Netflix series. Lewis, uh, Mercedes' Mercedes's Lewis Hamilton and Red Bull's Alex Albon got in a collision at the end of the race, which forced Albon off of his first podium. And another similar too is that Hamilton gets a five-second penalty, which lets a McLaren driver get their first podium. In Brazil, it was Carlos Sainz, but this time it's Lando Norris. Um, so now, now both McLaren drivers have a podium, which is which is cool. In terms of getting into the to the incident between Alex Albon and Lewis Hamilton, Albon was, to be fair, Albon was being aggressive in trying to take the spot, and he, I know he could have waited a little longer. the The announcer was like, "You need to be more patient, Alex." Um, Alex Albon was on a, a softer tire which means he he would have a quicker pace than Hamilton, and that was clear. He he pretty much already had the move made. But um, in Albon's defense, he w- he wasn't just racing for second. He he thought he could win the race. So he wanted to pass Lewis Hamilton as quickly as he could. And, yeah, like I said, Albon definitely had made the pass already. But on the other side, to defend Lewis Hamilton, he's just being competitive, really. I, I think it's probably a racing incident. I think the penalty might be... Five seconds isn't really that harsh, but I don't know maybe if he even deserved a penalty at all. When you look at, when I watch races at least, when I see Lewis Hamilton in them, he almost never just waves a driver through. Sometimes you see drivers make passes where basically the the driver that was in front just lets the the next guy through. But Hamilton is super competitive. That's why he's great. He never he never seems to really just wave drivers through. So he's a tough driver. He's trying to be competitive. What do you guys think though? Do you think any driver was was at fault, or do you think it was just a racing incident? You can tweet at us or DM us at Media. The The Red Bull-Mercedes rivalry goes a little deeper than that this season. So Red Bull has two very good young drivers. They got Alex Albon, who I just mentioned that was involved in that crash, and Max Verstappen. They're generally Red Bull is generally considered to be the third best team in F1, but this year, they definitely think they have a chance at winning the championship. And they're looking for any competitive advantage they can get. So before the race, there was there was some beef as well. So on Friday, Red Bull complained that one of Mercedes's innova- innovations on their car, which is called the DAS system, was an illegal innovation. And for more context, the DAS system basically lets the drivers change the wheel alignment on, on the front. But F1 decided that the innovation was legal. Mercedes was not at fault or anything. But then on race day, so this was on Sunday, Red Bull protested that Lewis Hamilton had ignored yellow flags during their qualifying session. More context, they do a qualifying session on the day before the race, and whoever has the fastest qualifying time, it's basically a time trial. Whoever has the fastest time gets to start first on the grid, and that's how you determine what the order is before the race starts. 
Because initially the race stewards found that Lewis Hamilton had no wrongdoing, but then Red Bull protested, and eventually they reviewed the decision, and the race stewards gave Lewis Hamilton, the Mercedes driver, a three-place grid penalty. And it was an hour before the race as well. So basically right before the race, Lewis Hamilton was told, hey, you're not going to be starting in second, you're starting in fifth now, because Red Bull protested. This understandably angered Mercedes, their team principal, the guy in charge there over at Mercedes, his name's Toto Wolf. He said the gloves are off after the race. I'm definitely hoping we see more drama, uh, more contentious passes between <laughs> Lewis Hamilton and Alex Albin, as well as like Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. That would be fun to watch as well. In terms of Red Bull, I'm I'm definitely a little worried about them. They they must be the biggest loser of this race because. Both drivers did not finish the race. They, they were one of two teams where both of their drivers did not finish the race. Um, the next race is on the same track and is in one week. So I, I don't know if if it's going to be enough time for them to hopefully sort out the problems with the car and make the necessary changes. Because it's going to be because of coronavirus, they're trying to be safe. And um, I'm not sure if they can go back to their home base or if they have to stay in the grounds there in Austria. So I'm, I'm a little worried about if they're going to be able to make the necessary changes to finish a race. They do have good pace, though. They, cl- they, they clearly are quick, but we'll see about that. Um, let's look at some other winners of the race. Uh, the clear one that I, I know you're thinking about if you watch the race is McLaren. Young McLaren driver Lando Norris finished third, and that was his first podium, as you probably know. And Carlos Sainz finished fifth. It's funny to look at McLaren's success as well because in the first season of the Netflix show, so that would have been the 2018 season, McLaren definitely did not look like one of the fun teams. Um, they had Fernando Alonso and there was some drama and they McLaren wasn't doing well that season either. But they got rid of him. Um, I think he was definitely toxic to their culture. And now McLaren looks is kind of like the fun team. That's what I, That's what I think. Their two, their two drivers, Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris, get along very well together, which is not always common in Formula One. McLaren is now second in the Constructors' Championship as well, which which is pretty exciting for them to see. Usually, usually um, Mercedes is one, Ferrari is two, Red Bull's three, and then everybody else is fighting for fourth. So it'd be cool to see if McLaren could, could be in the top three this year. I mean, I don't think it's a crazy idea to think that they can finish in the top three. Uh, McLaren and especially drivers like Carlos Sainz are really consistent. They they seem to finish races very often, and finishing races is going to be very key in a shortened season like this. Especially if there's only if there's only going to be eight total races, because we don't know if we're actually going to be able to get to fifteen or eighteen races. So just being consistent and finishing races is going to be super key. Mc- McLaren could have a, a good season. Um, the other big winner was Racing Point, a.k.a. Wyatt's team. If you listen to the podcast, you know that Wyatt picked Racing Point as the best of the rest because they are the only team that has, or they are the team that has racing in their name. Um, I, I know Red Bull technically does, but Racing Point is in their name. Um, both of their drivers, Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll, qualified in the top 10, which was cool to see. Sergio Perez ran a pretty good race. He he kept his position basically finishing sixth where he started. I know everybody during preseason testing was like, this pink Mercedes is doing pretty good. The frame looks similar to the 2019 Mercedes car. 
and the they also use a Mercedes engine, which I, I wasn't aware of too. So it, it really is just a ping Mercedes. Um, so it's bound to do pretty good. Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll are both pretty solid drivers too. I, I mean, Lance Stroll, I'd say definitely deserves to be there. He 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 was a very young, one of the youngest ever, I think, to podium, and um, he wasn't he, you know, qualified in the top ten. Didn't get to finish the race, but. We'll be looking at them. Uh, they they definitely had a good weekend. I think they should be happy with where they're at. Um, but let's look at a couple, maybe losers um, besides Red Bull. But let's look at Ferrari now. For me, the big thing was was how Sebastian Vettel just doesn't care at all really about what Ferrari wants. He is going to take risks this year, especially since we don't even know how many races we're going to have. I think he'll be taking risks. We saw him try to do this when he tried to make a risky pass on Carlos Sainz early during the race. It cost him a bunch of places. So that'll be funny to see to see how that goes. After the race, he, he said the car was undrivable. So it, it'll be funny to see um, what 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 his strategy is going to be and if he obeys any team orders that happen. You know, I, I would doubt he's going to let Charles Leclerc just pass him when he's when he's in lead or anything like that. So. Um, I remember during preseason testing, everyone was saying, oh, I don't think the Ferrari car is as bad as Ferrari lets on, but it looks like it might be. Um, it didn't have very great great pace at the start, and it really got helped out by the safety cars, basically, which slowed down the race and, and bunched everybody up again. Ferrari apparently like detected a problem with the car before the race, and they said they will make a significant change of direction in terms of development. Originally, they were trying to bring upgrades to the car for the next race, which two races from now, I should say, which would have been in Hungary. But now they're trying to bring the upgrades up for this next race that is happening this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see to see how Ferrari performs. And now that that'll that'll segue us into the lightning round, where I'm just going to be looking at some driver performances and hopefully be doing it really quickly. I think this was a hard race for measuring driver skill because so many people didn't finish the race. So some people benefited from the DNFs and we some people just didn't have enough time to see exactly what they were capable of. So let's go through a couple. Let's do a caster trash. Caster trash that Valtteri Bottas is the second best driver in F1. If you're asking me, I'm gonna, I'm going to say cash. People don't give him as much credit because he's in the shadow of Lewis Hamilton and he's soft-spoken, but... People forget that he was he was second in driver points last year. He was he was fifth the year before, and when he was driving for Williams, he was the eighth best driver in in, in all of Formula One. Like now, Williams drivers are nineteenth and twentieth, basically. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of that? Do you think Valtteri Bottas is the second best driver in F one? I got a Twitter poll going on that one, um, so you can vote on that, and I'd like to see what you guys think. Driver of the day, if I'm going to give a driver of the day award, I'm going with Charles Leclerc. He started seventh, finished second, so he he, he podiumed, he gained some spots in a, in a weekend where it looked like the Ferrari car maybe wasn't that good anymore. He's always thought of, too, as a driver that gets the most out of his car, and he showed that again during this race for sure. He, I know that's he obviously did get helped by some penalties in DNFs, but after lap 60, he made... Basically, when the racing really started after that, he made two great overtakes on Sergio Perez and Lando Norris. So I'm going to give him driver of the day for me. For an unsung hero of the day that pe- I feel like people aren't really talking about that much is Pierre Gasly. He he didn't wreck his car. 
I think he's someone that I'm I'm kind of rooting for after he got pushed out of Red Bull. Um, he didn't wreck his car, and because of that, he gained five places. Started 12th, finished 7th. Um, what, what if Alpha Tori this year, <laughs> the formerly Toro Rosso, Toro Rosso is the the best of the rest if they were the fourth team that would be that would be pretty crazy what if they what if they even they're ahead of red bull right now <laughs> what if that happened that'd be pretty funny um and adi- i do want to give an additional shout out to carlos signs he's he's one of my favorite probably my favorite driver he in the last 11 laps he passed pierre gasly esteban alcon and sergio perez so he drove pretty well held position for most of the race and then overtook three people which was awesome to see the biggest movers, by the way, in terms of where they started and where they finished was Antonio Giovinazzi from Alfa Romeo and Nicholas Latifi from Williams. They both gained nine places, but I'm they mostly gained due to due to DNFs, did not finishes, so I'm not putting too much stock into that. And Alfa Romeo just, and Williams, you know, they don't get as much publicity, but we'll see, we'll see what they do for the rest of the season. I'm going to end with a we're, we're going to do to finish this lightning run out with another caster trash. So caster trash at the virtual grand prix helped the younger drivers. So the virtual prix that they did during the um, pandemic, I'm going to slight cash it. I think that the virtual grand prix stars like Alex Albin, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, and Norris all had pretty good races. All had pretty good races. Obviously Leclerc and Norris were on the podium. Albin, probably would have pushed one of them off the podium if he finished george russell was even doing okay before he broke down before his car broke down so i I, i'm thinking the 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 young guns who are you know proficient in the virtual grand prix might have might have actually been a little sharper than some of the people that that weren't doing the virtual grand prix i have no idea i've never played the game i've never really done a racing simulator simulator but um it looks like they might have had an edge so we'll see what I'm hoping for for the next race, I'm hoping we have an exciting starting grid like we did in this race. Like it was exciting to see Sergio Perez, Lando Norris, and Alex Albon in the front of the pack. But what I'm expecting is that Mercedes is probably going to win again, to be honest. The the race is going to be on the same track, as I mentioned. They've got the pace, and the only other car that I think maybe can match them in pace right now is Red Bull. But I don't know if they can make it through a full, a full race. They might just break down again. Who do you guys think will win the next race? Why don't you let us know on Twitter? Tweet us, tweet at us at you thought media. And with that, that's going to end the Formula One solo show. If you liked the episode, there's four things you could do to help us out. First, you could subscribe. Two, you could rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Three, you could text this episode to a friend. And four, just continue to listen. Um, I really, we really appreciate you listening. We would love to hear your feedback. And we hope to, to that you join us. We hope that you join us again. So thank you guys for listening.